The Voice America Business Channel is brought to you by Intercall, the worldwide conferencing leader. Check out easy and reliable conferencing solutions at www.intercall.com forward slash radio. My guest today at In Discussion, Ryan Lambert and Patrick J. O'Brien. Ryan Lambert is president and owner of Cajun Fishing Adventures Lodge in Brouard, Louisiana. He's also vice president of the Louisiana Charter Boat Commission, a member of the Coastal Conservation Commission, and has testified before the House Natural Resources Committee on the effects of the BP oil spill. He's been a fishing guide in the waters of the Louisiana Bayou for more than 30 years. He was recently quoted... This special place along the Gulf of Mexico is a national treasure, a place where you could cast a rod out into the warm waters and pull out a redfish or speckled trout, like snapping your fingers. We used to be able to head out for a few hours and come back with ice chests full of the freshest, tastiest seafood ever caught. Sadly, the BP oil disaster almost put an end to that lifestyle. You see... This is more than just business to me. This is about saving a national treasure. It's about making our people whole. It's about making sure that nothing like this ever happens again. Captain Ryan Lambert and Patrick J. O'Brien join me on In Discussion. Welcome to In Discussion today and my guests Ryan Lambert and Patrick O'Brien. Welcome to you gentlemen. Uh, Thanks. Thank you. Good to be here. David, always good to be with you. Ryan Lambert, let's begin the program for our audience. Could you provide a short description of your background, where you're located, and the problems that you've encountered since the Deepwater Horizon disaster last year? Sure, yeah. I'm a, I've been a charter captain for 30 years now. I own one of the top five lodges in North America in Buras, Louisiana, which is only 10 miles from Venice. And, um, you know, after the, after the oil spill, about 10 days after the, it hit, you know, we started canceling trips, and, you know, it was very, very, very bad. We canceled uh, almost a half a million dollars worth of trips in two weeks, you know, just for May and June, and then nothing came after that. We were down 94%, and still, right now, we're way down, you know, the perception that, you know, the seafood is tainted and, you know, people don't want to eat at the restaurants. They sure don't want to come all the way down here for me to take them fishing. So it's it's going to be a while for us to recover. How is globally the fishing industry impacted across that whole region? Well, it, as far as the fishing industry impact, you know, last year the water was closed, so so no one could, you know, shrimp or fish or crab or oyster or anything. So last year was a bust for everyone. And now, you know, as things are starting to come into play again, you know, the shrimpers and the crabbers and oystermen, they can get out there, but they don't need customers. You know, they can ship theirs to the seafood markets. And, you know, if they don't know where it's from, people are still eating it. And even some people that know where it's from, like myself, I'm eating it. But uh, the perception is bad, and and it's going to take the the charter fishing industry for years and years, between five and ten years, to recover from this. What about the evidence at the present time on the quality of the sea fish? Do you believe in your mind that it is safe to eat, or do you think that it's a gamble? Well, I'm eating it because I haven't seen with my own eyes anything that's consistent to say 
that, yeah, this is a problem. And they're testing the, uh, again, they're testing the muscle tissue, which is what we eat. You know, they're not testing, you know, the organs and such, but they are testing muscle tissue. And uh, so far, to my knowledge, no one has come up with something that says, don't eat this. So until they do or until I see something with my own eyes, then, then, you know, I won't eat it anymore. And is it still evident in your area that there is much oil still floating on the surface of the water? No, not so, you know, that that ain't floating on the surface for quite some time because they sunk it all. You know, they used dispersants on it and sunk it. The concerns of the local community regarding the chemicals that are being used, is that very high at this stage? Well, it, it's always it's always been high. You know, people have always been worried about it. It's hard to put your finger on. You know, there's a lot of people that are sick, you know, for for different reasons. And, and my respiratory problems this, this year was worse I've ever had. But, you know, for me to say it's because of the oil, you know, I'm not a doctor. I can't say that, but, you know. You, you, you're more suspicious of things now, you, and you scrutinize things more than before. So, you know, you don't know if it's because we're paranoid or because it's really happening. You know, I have no scientific evidence, so until I do, I, I can't really state an opinion. What about the presence of BP or any other associated company in your area? Is there any presence at all, or are they not available for discussion or support? Oh, discussion or support no way they've never been available for that you know you go to the claims thing and no one knows anything it's the most inept system i've ever seen in my life it's just pitiful and they do have people here still cleaning up you know because there's tar balls and and you know you don't have to go very far down in the sand to find oil so there's plenty of oil to be found you know if it, but Again, the currents brought it to the same spots consistently. So we know where it's at. If we want to go see it, that's fine. But it's, it's very few places that it, it is, you know, like Bay Jimmy and Coast Guard Cut and a few places have been inundated from the get-go because the river was high most of the time that the oil spill was happening. And it's real high again right now. So it keeps it flushed off of here and brought it further west. So, you know, if you want to see oil, you can find oil. What about in social terms? If somebody was asking you now to chart this journey that you have all taken in that region, how do you think that people are affected in the longer term by this? Well, I tell you what, Hurricane Katrina hit this town, I mean, point blank. It was the first thing it hit. It really never hit New Orleans. It hit Buras and Port Sulphur, Boothville. In that area, it was a 35-mile eyewall, and it wiped this town off the map completely. I mean, nothing left. And I rebuilt my business in nine months without water, without electricity for eight and a half months, and this oil spill is ten times worse than Katrina on me. What about your business? Is it a business now that you see being able to work in the long term? I think in the long term, you know, we won't know the health of the fishery for two or three more years because, as you know, the Valdez incident, you know, the, the herring didn't disappear for about four years. And and the test will be coming in. You know, you just you don't know what happened to last year's spawn until they're old, big enough to, to actually see and catch and, and find out. And I haven't been catching any small fish, which, you know, gives me great doubt about what happened to last year's spawn in my area. So 
until we figure out the health of the fishery, I won't know about that part. But I know for sure it's going to take anywhere between five and ten years for me to rebuild my business, just because past history with with Katrina. Because see, last year. It was five years after Katrina, and I just started getting my business back. From the first of the year to the first six months of the year, what I canceled and what I did, I was up 243%, even with the economy like it is, because, you know, we have a lot of loyal customers, and they finally were getting back, and then, boom, this happened again. Then I went down 94% again. So it's, it took five years to build it after Katrina. It's going to take longer after this because of perception, you know, that the fish are tainted. People around the world clearly are not receiving great information about this disaster. Would you concur that the main media is certainly not covering this event? They, they covered it to, to death at first, and then as soon as uh, the oil stopped getting on top and they couldn't film it, in the way they wanted, they were gone. And, you know, they came back for the one-year anniversary. But for the most part, no one has a clue what we're going through. Everybody thinks that what they read from from BP in the newspapers and they hear on the radio and the TV that everything is just fine. They've done such a great job in making everybody whole. Well, I'm vice president of Charter Boat Association, and I'm here to tell you not one single charter boat has been paid a claim what they owe them. The only people that have actually settled with them are those that had to take their quick $25,000 claim in order to keep their house or their boat. There's no contact. There's no communication. We filed all their papers and did everything they wanted. They paid the emergency money, and now they, they're gone. They, are, they You know, Mr. Feinberg yelling and screaming how good a job he's doing and how he's made everybody hold us, he's got documentation. Well, I want to tell you, I spent $7,000 giving him his documentation, and he paid me 12% of my claim, and they haven't paid anything until last week. They gave me a $155 check for interest on what, who knows. The people in your area, for example, would you say that everybody is affected by this, or are there some in the community who are insulated in some way? Well, now with the moratorium, even the guys that worked in oil field are, are affected. So this area where we're at, everyone is affected. Everyone. I mean, it's this is a small town. It's only got 20% of the people that used to be here because of Katrina, and everybody makes their living off the land, either the oil or the fishery, and, and everything is decim- you know, decimated right now. It's been very evident that Corexit material has been sprayed for many, many months, and there's evidence that it's still being sprayed today. Would you concur with that? Is there evidence for that? Well, I don't know if it's being sprayed today myself, but I know they sprayed it even in the inland bays at night, you know, when the oil would come in. My friends that worked on there, well, that worked for BP, they said that when they were in those houseboats at night, as soon as it got dark, boom, here come the planes. Every time they find a big slick on the water that night, the planes would come in and spray the Corexit on it. And uh, we just don't know. We don't know yet what's that going to do. I know I went to the doctor twice this winter. I was sick three out of four months. I do know that. And I've never had that that bad before. I went through four different antibiotics and all kind of shots to get rid of it. And the only time I got rid of it is when I was in the Dominican Republic. And upon returning two days later, here I go again. So 
So there's something out there, something different. Well, this raises the point at the end of the day. Do you think that people will anticipate having to leave that entire area? We'll never leave this area. We'll die here before we leave this area. This this area is what we are and what we do. You know, the people that make their living off the land, they, they it's what they do. They, they It's part of them. It's our culture. You know, you don't leave it. You fight for every inch of it. So we're not going anywhere. You know, if we die here, well, so be it. We're going to die here. And the people in the community, how do they view BP and further, how do they view local, state, and federal government in this? Well, local, state, and federal government are non-existent in this. You know, the Justice Department said, BP, you're not paying enough. You know, you're being stingy with the money. And then, then you know, they told Feinberg that. And then a week later, BP come out with a statement saying, we're paying too much, we're not going to do that. And then the Justice Department didn't rebut that. What's that tell you? You know, they just shut up after? <laughs> you know? Everyone is is null and void in this argument. You know, all the municipalities were paid, the tourist commissions were paid, the Seafood Promotion Board were paid. Anybody that was linked to a government agency has been paid. They still have to pay the NERDA. They still have to pay the Clean Water Act when all that comes to be. But anyone with a business, a legitimate business, has not been paid. It's crazy. Patrick O'Brien, you have been researching communities all the way along the Gulf Coast. Is this one harder hit than many others? David, I I think what we're seeing is uh, all through the Gulf Coast, there seems to be a a problem, Um, not only with health issues, but the payment issue is the same. Uh, I've talked to literally hundreds of people, as you know, David, in this story, um, there was a, a meeting that was held at the Hilton Hotel in Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, last week. Uh, Feinberg was there. Uh, he is, uh, of course, the person with the checkbook for BP and the government, um, Kenneth Feinberg. They have paid out very little of the, the claim. There's $20 billion set aside. Less than $1.3 billion has been uh, uh, actually spent at this point in time. People like Ryan are not getting paid. There's people called spillionaires uh, that uh, he was kind of referring to, these uh, kind of buddies of the government, if you will, that are getting paid, but it's not getting down to the fishermen. It's not getting down to uh, the people that are ill. As you know, we've had many people on that are with this blue plague, flu-like symptoms, and then it uh, starts taking out organs um, that were in the initial spill. Matter of fact, some of the people that we have talked to, David, are no longer with us in just one year because of this this Brexit material when mixed with the crude oil. The EPA administrator came out uh, last week and said they have not tested Brexit and the oil together. They say the Corexit is okay, but when they haven't tested Corexit and oil. Now, how can that be a year later? It just seems to me that there is a lot of misinformation. People in the Gulf, because they're not getting news either out of the networks or out of their own local stations, are confused. Should I eat the seafood? Is it okay? Is it not okay? Wilma Subra has done 
testing to find out that, in fact, while they're doing sniff tests, and uh, as these uh, government officials come out and say, um, it's being tested more than anything else. Well, it is, but it's not, because they're not testing for what is in the Corexit product itself. That is the main issue. So people are left in the dark who are actually there because there is no news. Mr. Lambert, in light of that and, and that description given by Pat O'Brien, what sort of medical attention are people receiving in your community? And if it is conventional Western medicine, are the doctors well armed for this, given that there's very little scientific evidence or data to clarify what the problem is? Are they somewhat clueless as to how to treat these ailments that you and many others have been suffering with? Well, they, they they know what to do. I mean, they, you know, they give us antibiotics and they, they, you know, squirt stuff in our nose. And, you know, I'm talking about my own experience here. And then they give you a shot in the butt, probably steroids. You know, I didn't even ask. I just wanted to get well because I, I was in a bind. So, um, you know, but but I've I've seen rashes on, on some of the guys that were cleaning it up. And, and I talk to people that, that have horror stories. But... I don't know how to go about say you know I don't like to say things that I can't prove, so I don't you know I you know people with rashes, people with lumps, people with with uh you know the kids with aspirators. I mean the whole nine yards. I mean it's crazy the the things that are going on, and and nobody seems to be involved. And the people that are that have more contact with it and are looking at it have more than I. They say that doctors, nobody really wants to get involved and say anything. It's kind of weird. In your area, and this is an extremely difficult question, I understand, but what would your senses say as to the proportion of people in the region that are probably suffering from this disaster? general everyone is suffering any everyone that i know is suffering from it there's not one single person that i know of because we all make our living doing this you know off the land it's just a community we have but as far as the physical ailments like my guides they work for bp and they they drove the coast guard around the whole time now they never fooled with a boom they, all they did was ride in boats with coast guard and none of them got sick but the guys that fooled with the boom and, and actually fooled with the water, some of them got sick. But, you know, I don't see them in a hospital or anything right now. I just know that, like me, they had respiratory troubles, and, and some people know of other things that happened. And, you know, I just can't put my finger on it and say, okay, there's no doubt about it. It's because of the Corexit or the, the oil or whatever that did it. You know, I just, I'm not a medical doctor, and I can't prove it. The whole idea, of course, is solutions. And, of course, it's not a good idea to judge or point fingers. But where ultimately, when you and your friends and the community are talking together, where do you ultimately place this at as to being the accountability and the responsibility to return to this area and look after this? Well, right now, the, the whole thing is, is the fact that they failed miserably in doing what they said they were going to do. They said they were going to build a hatchery. They're barking on that. They said they were going to rebuild the oyster reefs. They're barking on that. They said they're going to make us all whole and pay us. They're just not doing what they said they were going to do. So, you know, people are, are really, 
really getting backed in a corner, and they don't want to back a bunch of Cajuns in a corner. I promise you. I don't care how much money they got. It's not going to end good. You know, these aren't just people that's going to go around waiting in the unemployment line when something don't go their way. They, all these people make a living off the land, and, and they're not going to be pushed around forever. When you talk about making a living off the land, are you talking about agriculture or fishing? What is the definition of that? Oysters, you know, everybody does everything here. You know, there's shrimpers, there's crabbers, there's oystermen, there's people like me that take people fishing. And, and actually, you know, we use the fish in the lodge every day to, to you know, for us to eat. So it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation for us. So at this point, are there many fishermen or trawlers actually taking to the ocean? Um, the shrimp season, <laughs> it was coincidental, but they opened a five-day shrimp season during the anniversary of the oil spill. <laughs> I've never seen a five-day season open before, so I thought that was pretty coincidental. But um, the shrimp season historically opens around the third Monday in May, so it'll be opening soon, you know, a couple of couple of three weeks as soon as they test the shrimp. And they, if they're big enough, they're going to let them go after them. You know, last year we had something called the black gill disease. I've never seen it. And, again, maybe I was paranoid, but all of a sudden I see this in my shrimp. And... <laughs> Thousands of shrimp had it, black gill disease. I said, okay, I never saw that before. They said, no, it's a common, it's a bacteria in their gills. I said, okay, I'm in. Uh, I'll eat them as long as y'all say they're good. So if I'm glowing, next time y'all see me, it's because I, I shouldn't have ate it. How long have you actually lived in the area? Uh, all my life I've lived in Louisiana. As far as down in Buras, I've been guiding here 30 years, and my grandmother lived here my whole life. So, you know, I've been in and out of here, you know, my whole life. How would you describe the period since Katrina in terms of its impact to the region and to the coastal areas? Well, I'm a big, big uh, er erosion guy. You know, I'm all about it and uh, coastal erosion. So I do a lot on that. And uh, Katrina, within one one year, just took ten years of erosion away from us. Now the community itself. We have probably 20% of the folks here that we used to have from Hurricane Katrina. And if this keeps on, we're going to have less and less. It's going to be a ghost town before this is over. What was the population of the town prior to Katrina? Uh, probably about 20,000, and now we're down to, <laughs> two to two to four, something like that, in there. Pat O'Brien, is this indicative of coastal communities that they are beginning to depart from the areas because of this or general circumstances that have been experienced over the last 10 or 15 years? Well, David, you know, we live on the Gulf Coast. I'm looking to get out of here. I really am. Uh, I haven't really said this on the program with all the coverage we're doing, but the more I'm hearing, the more I feel that we need to uh, move out of the state of Florida. Let me give you a couple of examples, David, that uh, some things that happened over the three-day period of the anniversary uh, last week in New Orleans. I'll give you an example. Uh, I had asked, uh, we've been dealing with the governor's office, Governor Bobby Jindal. We've been uh, asking them to come on the program. Uh, they know who we are. They know how we've been covering the story. And uh, I got the email uh, finally uh, last Friday that said, 
um, the governor is going to be so busy with the new session that it's just not going to be possible for him to come on. Now, at the same time that uh, Governor Jindal uh, says to the people, we're going to get you hold again, uh, he's also saying that the fishing is great, the seafood is great, as is Parish President Billy Nungesser, who we've had on the program a, a couple of times now. He says the same thing. Also, he adds, Billy Nungesser says, that they can't figure out who is in charge. Is it BP? Is it the government? Is it Transocean? Uh, they can't figure out who is in charge to get straight-up answers. At the same time, he's saying the seafood is great, the fishing is great. I watched Fox & Friends on, it was Tuesday morning, that was the opening day of the what they call the National Commission on BP Deepwater Horizon Oil Spill and Offshore Drilling uh, little convention that they had there with about 3,000 people. and. I see uh, Florida Governor Rick Scott somewhere in the panhandle on the water, and he was talking about how, again, the fishing is great. He even lifted up a plate of seafood for the camera to say, oh, we ate it last night. It's terrific. At the same time, the governor, through Tuesday at lunch, a meeting uh, uh, for the people that were speaking at the event, and also $1,000 plate donors. They were passing around hors d'oeuvres, and it was seafood hors d'oeuvres that they were offering up, and people were passing on it. And this came from multiple sources that people weren't eating the seafood at the governor's luncheon. People know that there's an issue there, but because the news is saying there isn't a problem here, uh, people are still going ahead, as you heard our guests say, uh, they're eating the seafood, and they're eating the seafood without the knowledge of what possibly could be in it. Mr. Lambert, does this picture reflect that indeed the fishing industry is not as great as it used to be? Well, it's, it's not as great because of coastal erosion. We're losing so much habitat, it's unbelievable. We lost a million acres already. So, you know, 30 years ago, there was... It was unsurpassed, and even now it's unsurpassed, but it's not as good as it was, you know, because of habitat destruction. Patrick O'Brien, your response to that? All of the fishermen that I'm talking to are saying the same thing. Where they used to go, they're not uh, getting the fish that they used to see. We know, uh, this is just, again, this past week, I have seen videos that were taken on the shores uh, throughout the Gulf Coast, where animals are still dying, the dolphins are dying, the fish are dying coming up on the shore. There is still oil coming up on the shore in Grand Isle. Uh, we have heard the Homa Indians uh, say the same thing, that, again, it's just not like it used to be. And uh, unfortunate thing about this is, uh, if I was governor of the state of Louisiana, I would have to say everything is fine, too, because you need the people to be able to keep the economy going. But at the same time, because they haven't done proper testing, they can't ensure people that are going to the Gulf Coast that in fact the seafood is okay. Another thing that, that is going on is the tremendous amount of misinformation. We're dealing with many of the, what I call .orgs, the people that are trying to get the message out. There are many different camps of people that have websites trying to get honest information out because they can't get it from the news media. 
At the same time, there is there is also a certain amount of infighting between these various groups. The messaging is almost a divide and conquer type of, of message. BP's got their message. The government's got their message. The fishermen have their message. The people that are sick have a very valid message because we have talked to so many that are becoming ill with things like cramp and headaches and rashes and blood coming from literally every orifice, liver disease, many different things. And we've had medical doctors coming on and saying it. And as far as treatment, most of the medical community is not aware because the government has said that everything is fine. The medical community is not sure how to treat someone. We had Captain Louie on with us not too long ago that said that he went through the whole Christmas holidays not even visiting his family because they thought they had the flu. Well, as it turns out, his daughter is extremely ill. Paul Doom, who is a name that has been in this uh, story uh, right from the beginning, Paul Doom, I've been talking to Paul for the last several weeks now. Uh, William Laurie is a consultant to Homeland Security. He's the one that threw the event at the Hilton. I spoke with Mr. Laurie last week, and he said that he will come on the program. According to Paul Doom, he was invited to speak at this event at the Hilton. When he got there, there wasn't even a name tag there for him. They were supposed to pick up his hotel bill. They were supposed to pick up his food and lodging. Uh, they were supposed to take care of uh, a stipend for him so that he would have the gas money to get back home to Florida. When he got there, not even a name tag. No, he wasn't on the list. Now, Mr. Laurie has said to me that, yes, he originally was invited about three months ago, but that they had rescinded it because they were running out of money and they had to cut some of the guest speakers. But according to Paul Doom, he didn't know anything about the cancellation. One of our friends in the Gulf Coast region, Eco Rigs, who are both uh, Steve Colin, who is the president of the operation, and uh, Scott Porter, who is a diver, who is also extremely ill, as is Steve Colin, said that they met up with Paul and made sure he had enough gas money to get home. They didn't even have the decency to be able to pick up the tab on somebody who they knew was sick, and they know his whole story. Mr. Lambert, this is a sad indictment, is it not, of the way that people are being treated. But do you resonate with that in your area? Is that how people feel that they are isolated? Well, the first time I went to Congress, my testimony said exactly what was going to happen, and that's exactly what happened. As soon as the media left, we were going to be left here to live with this and let Mother Nature heal our wounds. And that's exactly what's happening. I mean, to the T, as soon as the media left, boom, it was gone. You know, BP spending millions of dollars still buying full-page ads in magazines and in newspapers and radio and TV. And yet, <laughs> it's an out-and-out blatant lie what they're telling people. For every good story they tell me about how they help somebody, I could give them 500 of the stories of the people they didn't help that are suffering to this day. It's a paradox, is it not, in your area, as many towns along the coastline, that for so many years you have been reliant upon the oil industry, and now it's the oil industry that is the very vehicle that has attempted to destroy the, the region itself. Well, and we've lived with
them all our lives. And while while they dug their pipelines and 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 helped the marshy road, you know, by decades quicker than it was because of digging rig rig canals and digging pipeline canals, and they let the salt water intrude in. Our neighbors are all working in the oil field, and some of our very captains go and they work in the oil field on the slow time. So we've lived with it all our life, and it's not all of them. BP is really getting a black eye on the industry with this. And, you know, I just talked to some guys in Alaska before I talked to you, and they're very, the other oil interest uh, companies are not too happy. It's costing them millions and millions of dollars because of what BP is doing. And BP ought to just, if the money's there, they ought to come and do what they said, do right by the people, and, and let's go on. You know, I, no one can afford billions and billions of dollars, so they're going to police themselves and they're going to get the blowout preventers right, but they need to make people whole and do everything they said they were going to do and, and be done with it. I'm interested, this has come up several times, this statement of make people whole. Where did that originate? They, BP said they were going to make people whole. That's, that was their key words when they started this mess. They don't worry about it. You know, we're we're here. We we're not going until it's done, and we're not leaving until everyone has been made whole. And and you know, it's been a year now, and they're just lying. I mean, they just what, what's the deal? Why is it taking so long? I'm okay if you're saying, all right, Mr. Lambert, we're going to wait until we see the nervous, uh process come. We're going to find out what's wrong with the fishery. Right now we really don't know how long it's going to be, so we don't want to pay you until. Okay, I can live with that. Just tell me. But no communication and, and to insinuate that, that we're a bunch of people looking for a handout. We never looked for a handout in our whole life, and, and, and you know what? If they wouldn't have come here, we'd still be working on our, you know, working on what we were doing, making a living out the Gulf like we always did, and we wouldn't even need them. We wouldn't even look at them. Have you ever considered being on the other side of the fence in terms of people or citizens in the rest of the country who look at this but most probably have absolutely no idea or perspective on what has occurred in that area. Is that something that crosses your mind? Well, it does because I, I, I'm in contact with people from all over the world all the time, you know, in my business. And, you know, and I've been to Washington a few times this year and I've done congressional hearings and so so I get around a good bit and I know what people say, and, and, and most people have no idea. All they know is what BP is telling them on the radio and the newspaper. Everything's fine. We're taking care of these people, and they're putting commercials on saying, yeah, BP stepped up to the plate and made us whole, and, and we owe them a lot, and they've done so good. Well, guess what? They're not. Is that the general impression of the whole town? The local mayor, what is his position? What are the officials in your town doing to, to resolve this? Well, you know, Billy Nungess is our parish president. You know, he was very vocal through the whole thing, and he and he was hands-on and did a great job. And, you know, he, he could say, yeah, right, give me a claim. You know, maybe I can make it, you know, I can uh, help you out with it. Well, I can't be the first one that, that someone has offered to help, and I know of not one single charter captain that's been made whole yet, so why should I be the first? I'm the biggest, but, but that's a, you know, Somebody went through all the bells and whistles that they wanted to do and still not a word to this day from them on an offer or anything else. And the two people that I know that got offers, one was 23%, one was 34% of their two-year thing, and both of them turned them down said, you got to be kidding me. 
It must be very difficult when it comes to the issue of seafood. You really are, don't like this phrase, but you're in between a rock and a hard place because you have your economy to consider. And yet, on the other hand, you must be in a community where you can see families, your children. It must be a very difficult time knowing that you're walking a very thin line on making a decision to either go ahead and fish for the seafood and eat it or believe that there will be some evidence in the future that will suggest that it should not have been eaten at all. Well, from the very beginning when they started pouring the corrects in the water, we were at that time human guinea pigs and because no one knows if they did the right thing or the wrong thing by doing it and i guess we'll be the, the guinea pigs to let them know what happened <laughs> you know think about it they don't know how it's going to affect the people they they all they know is that oh, the oil is going to wash ashore we're going to we're going to sink it and let it go to the bottom we're going to let it wash ashore i think out of sight out of mind will save us millions of dollars in the nerve process so let's go ahead and sink it and hope that the naturally occurring microbes can eat it all, and that way it won't wash in the marsh. It might be easier to clean up, and we'll let the chips fall where they may. And that's, how, that's where we're at, literally. How do you feel that the children in this community and many other communities feel about this? Are they very aware of what is occurring? No, no. My children don't live here. They live all the way towards New Orleans, thank God. So they don't, you know, I'll be the guinea pig, and if that's, you know, this is what I do, and this is where I do it, and I'm going to do it. And until, you know, to, to me, you have, you know, everyone's got trust, not not per se in the government, because they screwed up the financial part of it so bad right now, it, it lends you to believe that they don't have it, they're heading the right place. But when they tell you that it's good, I, I just can't believe that they're going to sit here and let us be guinea pigs if it's not good. If they know something right now and not telling us, I just can't even comprehend when you're near the coast and sandy beaches and I don't know your area and you see children or families on the beach how do you feel well my area that doesn't exist uh, we have sandy beaches but they're 6.3 miles by water to get to them so we don't have beaches like they do on the Gulf Coast in other areas but when I do go to those beaches and I walk them and you know there's no one there but you know I walk them to see the health and to see what's going on with the tar ball still coming up and I see what's washing ashore that kind of stuff but I keep an eye on it but there's no one there in my area I'm uh, since Katrina this is a third world country how do you feel or what would you like to say to those in other places in the world for those having a vested interest because perhaps they've been involved in something similar before be your message of hope and uh, resolution for this well Right now, because because of the lawsuits pending, no one will say anything. Everybody's getting their their information together, and I, you know, again, I can't comprehend that they're sitting here letting us letting us live in this. If if it were something wrong, so I, you know, right now I feel good. I'm eating the seafood. Um, I'm fishing in the waters. I take people. You know, every day we eat it. So I, I don't see anything wrong as of yet. You know, in, in years to come, I'll find out about the health of the fishery, and, and we'll find out if, if more people get sick. And, you know, I think nature has a, a wonderful resiliency and that she can heal from almost anything. And, I, and Mother Nature eventually will heal, heal from this. 
So I'm going to stay on my track of coastal conservation, rebuilding our coast, and, and hopefully we'll turn the Mississippi River loose and she'll flush this out, cover it with sand, and, and 20 years from now this will be the oil spill of 2010 and hope that God no one is, is, is hurt from it. Pat O'Brien, your final thoughts on this program? What are your thoughts on this area? Well, David, as a side note, I'd like to tell one quick story. At the event at the Hilton last week, two men came up before a podium and said they were BP officials and they were representing the health department. They offered $525 million to establish 35 clinics in the region to help the people uh, to get well, those that might have been sick. They were imposters. Uh, they were put up by the, the Louisiana Bucket Brigade. They were actors, and they said what everybody really wanted to hear, that there were health clinics that were going to be established with $525 million to be able to take care of people that had liver damage, kidney damage, neurological problems, skin problems, and whatever, and that was going to be all taken care of. Well, it was a spoof, but it is what BP probably should have come out and said that they're going to make the people in the Gulf whole again. They didn't do it, and it is a shame, it's a catastrophe, and we're going to bring more people to the table to get this information out. It's a very, very sad story uh, that what has happened through this Deepwater Horizon disaster. If somebody was to ask you finally, Mr. Lambert, what is this place in which you live? What is the beauty of it? This is um, the the finest estuary in in North America. It is equal to the Grand Canyon. It is equal to Yellowstone, and everyone needs to see what's here. I mean, it's just so rich in fish and wildlife and and beauty that it's just a, a different beauty that everyone needs to see. It's forty one percent of the country's wetlands in Louisiana, and just on the road I live on is fourteen percent of the nation's wetlands. And for people not to come down here and, and experience this, it's incredible. And, and hope to God it's here when all this is over. Ryan Lambert, Patrick O'Brien, I do thank you so very much for joining me today. And Mr. Lambert, we wish you the very best and certainly hope that we can have the pleasure of joining you again. Uh, you're very welcome. And hopefully we will again again. I hope that you, our listeners, enjoyed this program as much as I. You can gain information on this and any other program in the series at davidgibbons.org. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in Discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors.